You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by Rob Blanchett, ahead of Manchester United's visit to Anfield to play Liverpool. My, how the tables have turned, Rob. Uh, Man United lost in the league 9-0 on aggregate against Liverpool last season. And now they're the, are they the favourites going to Anfield? That just made me itch when you just mentioned that scoreline. I just remember that day at Old Trafford when they turned up and deconstructed us in a way that I'd never felt before in that stadium. It was horrendous, horrific football mm, have the tables turned well the form book tell, tells us that doesn't it for both football clubs the way united are playing in the ascendancy and the way that liverpool are struggling to put the ball in the back of the net as a football team but i think there's a wider debate there which we'll have today about the two clubs because this club this this derby match the northwest derby always means so much to both football teams but there's a little bit added on here isn't there with the kind of top four debate and about where Ten Hag is in his build, where Klopp isn't in his own rebuild. It's really interesting conversation about how these two football clubs have kind of flipped in six months, with one club now feeling really good about itself and one club not. But not so long ago, it was exactly the other way around. Well, it seems to be start of era versus end of era, right? So um, there's a... There's definitely some credence to that. We'll talk about it today, but uh, we'll talk about the win over West Ham as well, because uh, that happened in the Cup in midweek. United coming back from 1-0 down to win 3-1 in the end. Alejandro Garnacho uh, with his blonde locks uh, curling in a late winner, but obviously then about their course, putting some pressure on and uh, assisting Fred for a third goal was a nice touch as well. We'll talk about that briefly. We'll talk on if Garnacho is maybe in line to start. Rob and I don't think he will, but there's definitely an argument to have there. We'll talk Liverpool. We'll talk Ten Hag versus Klopp, as we mentioned. Uh, and we'll talk in the context of the season as well. Like how big a win for United would this be? What will that mean for Liverpool? How much can United take out of that as well? Uh, we'll get to that in a second, but you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your pods. 
on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the likes. And watch us twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays usually. Head over to the channel on YouTube as well. Hit the like button on this video. Subscribe, leave a comment for us too. Join the community and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore P, and at PromiseLandMU for the show. Let's go back, Rob. Don't want to do too much on West Ham, but they rotated six players, mm. I believe. Uh, Casemiro was then brought on at halftime because the first half was just not very good with the Maguire, Lindelof, McTominay axis, um, which was Ollie's team, right? Uh, it was it was a bit ugly to watch. Casemiro comes in, United 4-1-0 down, but then I think Harry Maguire, he gave a throwback to uh, something Ollie used to say that the Stretford end sucked the ball into the goal. And I was like, oh, God, really, really, stop saying that. But it kind of, as soon as United did equalise, it kind of felt inevitable that they go on and win. And it's nice to have that feeling back. Yeah, it was a not a very good first half. I was a little bit concerned when I saw the rotation. Some of it was enforced again, like what can you do if players are not ready or fatigued or injured or ill? You've got to make changes, haven't you? Um I think we did see again, just to reinforce the whole Chuckle Brothers debate at the back, Lindelof and Maguire, what do you do with them? It's just frightening, isn't it? With Antonio getting in the channel and running them both and just like dancing towards De Gea. On another day, does another striker punish you? Yeah, potentially. You know, someone has got that channel to run and can get to the goal so easily, you might well lose. You just a day, you know, kind of when it went to one all, and that was the key in this match to kind of get back to parity that then you could go and take it on. I think West Ham had their moments and will feel kind of aggrieved that they came away with absolutely zilch. But it's all about getting through these moments of adversity, isn't it, Scott? So when things are not working well, what do you do? you got a Casemiro in your pocket, you stick him on the pitch, you go fix it. That's what it's about. And I think that's what Man United have not been very good at in the past. So I think credit to Ten Hag and the boys. And again, we just have to, think, have to mention the blonde bombshell because that's what I've been calling him for a few days now since the FA Cup game. Is that Alessandro Garnacho, at 18 years old, is as ready as anyone. So you talk about starting and whether he should be in the team or not. I think still think it's the right way to manage him from the bench. That's the best way to manage him. But I felt it six months ago. This boy has got something that is rare. It really, He really is rare. Uh, and I'll say it again. Uh, Ronaldo at this age was not as good as Garnacho. He wasn't. I watched Ronaldo up close at that age. And he had lots of stuff. But Garnacho has got more stuff. More maturity. More understanding of the game. More, more ways of affecting results than Ronaldo was at 18. So I think that's the pathway for Alessandro now is to kind of get forward and to, to play as much minutes as possible. I don't think he starts at Anfield, but it did not surprise me. That first touch, Scott, that first touch for the goal. His first touch in general, I, it, I've never really noticed how good it is, but it's so good. I, I, do you know what? Like when he was 16, 17, 18, he came from Atletico Madrid. I think his control in those games was always the thing that impressed me. It was like that first touch is innate for him. Yeah. Lots of players have to learn it, and that's fine. And we still talk about players today, don't we? Like like Scott McTominay's first touch, not very good. It probably won't be much better than it is today in five years' time, will it? You know, at the end of his career. But when you look at Garnacho, that touch for the goal, to be able to 
pushed the ball in front of him perfectly so he could then whip his foot round it and put it in that corner. That's just God-given ability. Yeah? Whether you believe yeah. in a higher force or not, that is something that comes from somewhere else that's just innate. And I think we're going to see plenty of that at Manchester United for him in the future. And and it solves a big problem for Man United about, do you go and buy another wide player? Like, you were going to go and buy Gakpo, and someone who we'll talk about now in this game, obviously now plays for one of our biggest rivals. But I think the reason why you didn't buy Gakpo was that blonde lad there who plays on the left for us. I think that is the exact reason why United didn't pull the trigger on Gakpo, because they've already got this exceptional talent who's a teenager and has got so many great years to come. He's already coming up with big moments. You think back to the Fulham goal, you think of the, the goal the other day, think of some of the assists he's got this season as well. Hmm. Um, obviously, he's still quite he's raw, but he has the... What I like most about him, I think, is the fact that he just has that determination. And if he gets tackled and he loses it, he does not give a damn. And he's going to go for you again. He's so direct. And I think even if he comes off the bench for the last... Let's say the game's in the balance on Sunday mm. and he comes off the bench for 25 minutes or 30 minutes, that is a fearless... He's fearless. And I think that'll really carry him a long way. He needs to fill out a bit. He needs to get a little bit stronger. Um, but in terms of the ability that you mentioned there, Rob, uh, his ability to kind of deliver when it matters most, at 18, is he's going to be a hell of a player. Exactly. And it was like this in the Youth Cup run, well, when, when he was the player, the fulcrum that got United to that Youth Cup victory. You know, this is a, a, a competition that's like in, in, indebted in Manchester United history, but we hadn't been very good at for like 10 years. You know, the last time we'd won it was with Paul Pogba. So that's how far going back it was. But I think when you look at Garnacho, he is a guy for the big moments, you know, and that is a rare breed of, of star quality is that you, you want it. You really do. Like every player says they want it, Scott. Not all of them do. Not really. They just kind of say, I have to tick that box. And I find it difficult. Marcus Rashford, I think, wants that moment. Do you know what I mean? He's that kind of player mentally up here. So I think with Garnacho, um, yeah, the directness of how he plays. I never saw him as a wide player. I was thought that he might come into the middle or end up as a 10 or a 9, like when I saw him when he was younger, just because of how direct he is. But he does that work wide as well. He's really good at kind of playing the classical winger role. What he needs to now learn is all the other fundamentals that go on around him. Is that, you know, he has to look after what's behind him. He has to make his positioning good. But he's also got to get forward. All that stuff to learn. But at 18, it's okay. You said about physicality there. Um, at 18, Rooney was a monster. Like, mm. physically already developed and just an anomaly. At 18, Cristiano wasn't. Cristiano was a, a skinny lad. You know, that's what he was. And he had to get in the gym. I think Alexandra is somewhere in the middle. No, somewhere yeah. in the middle is that he's already, I think, physically developing. But in 12 months' time, give him a month, give him 12 months in the gym and to work on those things and work on the tactical aspects of his game. I think within a year, I'm going to say it, I don't want to say it, we could be seeing a world-class player on that left-hand side. I really do. I think he could absolutely be Manchester United's most important attacking player in years to come. And I include him and Marcus in that together. So that's good, isn't it? Because I think... You've got Jaden who's trying to make his way back in. You've got Anthony who is like still developing himself on the right hand side. You've got this attack now that is really good today, but what could it be tomorrow? It could be sensational. It could well be a championship winning attack. 
The only other thing to mention is to obviously he had the incidents in preseason about uh, where he was kind of excluded from the preseason tour, but he just needs to. He's got a little bit of that arrogance about him, which is a ben- which is a benefit. But he just needs to control that and make sure that he stays on the straight and narrow and c- continues to know that football is the most important thing. Of course, look, I, I think it's really, really difficult at 17, 18 years old when you're told that you're God's gift, yeah, and that you're this, and someone is saying to you, oh, you're on £2,000 a week. I tell you what, let's make that £9,000 a week, and you go, oh, I've tripled, quadrupled my wage. And then someone says to you, do you know what, actually? We'll give you hundred grand a week, and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? Your ego's going to explode. This is the problem with football in general, isn't it? I actually don't think that what happened at the start of the season, obviously we talked about that, and that was well reported in the press, I think it was much to do about nothing because it was the manager saying to someone, look, you are good, but you've got to do the work. And I think he was kind of saying that to maybe 75% of the squad. It wasn't Mm. just Garnacho. There are tons of lads out there play for Man United who are older and more experienced who needed a little bit of that grounding. In fact, probably some of the most senior pros at Manchester United needed that. So I think he was part of that collective. And I think all we're seeing with him is that he's now developing the abilities to be a starter or at least be a relevant player in the mix he is not Yanazai yeah yeah Yanazai had potential but had an awful attitude went to Dortmund on loan told Dortmund he didn't like their facilities they stuck two fingers at him he came back to Man United and that was the end really didn't work for him it was gone I don't think Garnacho is like that I think Garnacho is coming through at Man United at a really good time he's got a great coach who can look after him great backroom staff that they can work with him every day of the week and you're on the ascendancy, aren't you, as a football club? So losing games is not a problem. It's more about what's the culture like at the club. I think the culture itself has improved significantly. And I think he's fine. I think he's the kind of guy who wants to work hard. He will work hard. I think he'll develop what he can do already as an 18-year-old. I'm frightened. Like 19, 20, 21. 21 years old, Scott. He is going to be a starter for Argentina. No doubt about mm-hmm. it. Start for Argentina. Start for Man United. It's just which position he ends up taking as his own. Like we think the left at the moment, but I still think he's got finishing possibilities either higher up the pitch or maybe maybe become more creative in the middle. Um, but coming from the left, it's just devastating because he just gets at fullbacks, doesn't he? he? Gets in that channel and he wants to do all the good work. It's great to watch. Even saying that, I mean, the way that Ten Hag is developing his attackers, that he likes them to be able to play in a number of positions. So maybe they can jig that within game or between game to game. Uh, United, though, I didn't even mention Garnacho's assist against Man City. He's deciding Manchester derbies, like 18. Uh, And speaking of Manchester City, they are the only real big English Premier League team, like giant, strong team left in the FA Cup alongside United. Uh, United drew Fulham in the last eight. And Wembley, again, possibly. Another opportunity, another opportunity. And you've got to take these opportunities when all the cards tumble around you, you know, and the house proverbially falls down. You've got to go and say, right, these are good matchups now. Can we do this? So Fulham, I still think it's a good matchup. They've had a great yeah. season, Fulham. Um, you know, I called it the uh, the Pereira derby. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be about this young lad that everyone said was completely useless at Man United, now proving himself. And I think he has proved himself. He's a valid Premier League number 10. I think it's a really great creator. Uh, let's hope he doesn't do it against us. But mm-hmm. this is what you do. You have to take your talent and develop it. Garnacho, hopefully, will be with us for a very long time and we'll sign a new deal now. 
I think someone like Pereira would not be surprised to see him at a bigger club next year. I think he's really, really good. But this is your chance now to maybe win another trophy or at least get to a final. I think that is to got to be the way you look at it now is that you've got a route towards the final. Can you get to the last four? Can you get to, to Wembley once again? It's just another tick, isn't it, for Ten Hag to say we achieved in these competitions. But you've got your League Cup in the pocket, so we won't be greedy. So let's look ahead then to Sunday because it is a big game. It's the, one of those games that when the calendar comes out, you look at. Um, and you don't have a good record in the last few years at Anfield. No. Nope. Uh, but things are changing a little bit. We mentioned at the top of the show that it's kind of a new era versus the, the, the end of one, maybe. So we're seeing Liverpool in the not. For me, I look at Liverpool and what has been Liverpool's biggest thing over the last few years for me watching them is the intensity that they play at. Yeah. And that is the that underpins everything about mm. them. And now that they've maybe they, they can probably do it in little spurts. Uh they, they played well against City earlier in the season when they beat them uh, at Anfield and Mo Salah scored. Um but I don't think they can sustain it anymore. And you're seeing they're on a decent run of form. They're not conceding too many goals. But you saw what Real... They, they managed to pick it up against Real Madrid in the Champions League and then it ended up falling off and they lost 5-2. Like, there, there seems to be suggestions that maybe... I think wholesale changes. Everyone knows Liverpool's midfield probably needs to be replaced. They probably need three midfielders mm. this summer and they probably need other players around it as well if they're to somehow get back to what they used to be, but it's going to have to be a completely... They have to rip it up and start again for me, uh, just with some of the players that they've they've already signed, just either moving into different roles or something like that. But Klopp's going to have to try and uh, figure out how to do this all again. At the moment, I know I've spoken to some Liverpool fans who just want the season to finish. Mm. And that's where we were last season. <laughs> uh, so now United are rocking up to Anfield. They are among the foreign teams in Europe. And they are just, they seem to have this thing about them at the moment where they have that know how and experience of how to close a game out, how to deal with things. Like they went to Camp Nou at Barcelona, one of the best teams in Europe. They just beat Real Madrid last night at, at yeah. the Bernabeu. Yeah. And United beat them over two legs, and they were probably unlucky not to win at Camp Nou. So there's a lot of uh, reasons to be positive. Do you think United will be able to deal with this? Because this is, for me, probably the acid test mm. of a Man United team, right? Go into Anfield. How do they deal with it? I'm more confident now that they can deal with it. How do you feel? Yeah, look, ironically, even in the in the glory days under Fergie, going to Anfield was always the kind of date in the diary. You always looked for it. It was always the game. Like, uh, uh, forget Man City and all of that in those days. <laughs> that It was a derby match, but our, our, our beef is always with Liverpool. Going to Anfield was always the litmus test. And invariably, Fergie's teams used to kind of fail at Anfield just because of the, the atmosphere. It didn't really matter where Liverpool were in the league. And I kind of feel that this time around as well. I think the difference is, and kind of feeding into what you were saying there and the logic of it, is that only a few months ago we were saying, can Man United beat the Brentfords of this world? Like, that was the question. And it feels like that's been answered. And as you said, you, well, you haven't beat, beaten Brentford this season. Haven't yet. beaten Brentford yet. <laughs> yeah. But the Brentfords of this world. So can you beat like, you know, the West Ham's in the FA Cup at home? Because you'd have lost that game a year ago, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. Going 1-0 down, you'd have lost. Antonio would have scored those goals as he went through. And we'll be talking about how slow Maguire is. So 
you, you feel like you've moved on a tiny bit from that. But now the big question is, is that if you want to win titles, you want to be solidified in the top four, you have to go to places like Anfield and in the first instance, Scott, not lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to be able to at least hold on to your momentum and not say to yourself, right, we've lost those bragging rights. Because if Liverpool beat you by any way or shape or form, 1-0 off the backside of, you know, Darwin Nunes gets his goal or whatever, then that's a problem because you have to then deal with the fallout of that. Now, I think that Ten Hag's really good at that, at resetting, making sure that everyone's momentum stays the same. But it's like a, a, a kind of newspaper narrative as well, isn't it? Like, if Liverpool win, what's it going to be, Scott? Liverpool are back. They're back. You know, they beat United. They're going to cruise into the top four. And here we are with Liverpool. I don't think we are there really with that at the moment. I, I said to you off camera, and, and I'm going to keep saying it. This is feels like Klopp at the end of Dortmund. Yeah, it feels like when Klopp was getting to Champions League finals, winning Bundesliga titles, and then it just literally went from that to that he couldn't rebuild there was no way to rebuild and I think the problem for Liverpool what you're saying about the midfield there it's completely right you might have to spend two to three hundred million pound just on midfielders just on central midfielders because your midfield has kind of collapsed so you've still got these players there and of course on a one-off on a derby match against Man United of course they can produce it yeah they could go and beat Man United but the Real Madrid match was really, really telling, I thought, mm-hmm. because they started yeah. well, they got ahead and they went, yeah, we're back, we're back. And then they got thrashed. So that, I think, is a mentality thing. And I think for, for Liverpool, self-esteem and self-confidence goes a really long way in football. And I think with them, to be able to press like they used to do when they were winning titles, you've got to have so much self-esteem and say, yeah, we're doing this because we're going to win. I think the reason why they're not pressing now, Scott, that self-esteem has gone. And they're like, does this work anymore? So what does that mean? That means the players are questioning the manager. Mm-hmm. So that's the big question for Liverpool's ownership now, whoever Liverpool's owners will be, is that can Klopp be the guy that rebuilds this now? Because Klopp's always going to be a great manager. But like Mourinho, managers do fall off sometimes over a period of time. I'm not saying that's how it is with Jurgen Klopp. I still think he's a great manager and coach today as things are. But he's not getting it right. And he hasn't got it right this year. And I think when he had injuries a couple of years ago, he couldn't work it out at all. They were playing all sorts of weird systems and losing games. And they're kind of doing the same now. Form's better, but they're not anywhere in the league position where they want to be. So how does that Eric Ten Hag compare to Jurgen Klopp at this, this moment then? Well, Jurgen's looking up at him. That's the truth. That's where we are. So, so Ten Hag, I think, has done it the right way in that... He doesn't care about the others. He cares about him and his team and what his team are doing. And that's why Man United have kind of got that place in the top four so far. And it feels comfortable. But I think Klopp is chasing him now. And and we would never have said that a few months ago. A few months ago, that would have been a preposterous thing to say. But I do think that, you know, have we got currently on form the best? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply manager in the league well it's it's Ten Hag and it's Arteta isn't it they're the two that I think this year have proved you know that their CVs they're probably better than what they've won in the past and that these are the managers you know like Ten Hag was was touted to be a future City coach one day you know this was something Mm -hmm. that was only a few months ago people saying you know will he be the guy that kind of takes over from Guardiola one day well Man United jumped in there and said right well we're having a bit of that we want a bit of this bring him to our football club so they did well doing that, didn't they? But I think that Klopp, it, you know, Klopp is not getting the song out of his team that Ten Hag's getting out of ours. That's just the truth. That's former results show that. It's now about longevity. Can you carry this on to the end of the season? Because that's what matters. I think for Liverpool, they've got to find a way into the top four. They've got to reboot themselves and find a way into there. But, you know, losing Mane, I can't undermine this. I underpin this so much. Losing Mane was like losing five players for them, yeah? And their midfield has not been good enough for a long time to back up that front three. It really hasn't. So I kind of feel a little bit sorry for Gakpo and Nunes because they've come to Liverpool at a time when they're they're a failing project. And Salah, who still scores goals now and then and gets the big winner and could do against Man United, definitely looks like a guy now looking over his shoulder at potential things next year because I would not be surprised even though he signed his deal, I would not be surprised if he's at Real Madrid or another football club, Barcelona maybe, next season, because I think he might be at the time for a new challenge for himself. Certainly strikes you as Liverpool needing to go through that uh, regeneration phase if they're to get back to where they used to be under Jurgen Klopp. For me, I've been saying it all season, um, and... and I just feel like there are a number of players in there. I don't think Liverpool have regenerated their squad properly. I think they've let, let it get to a point where they need to do too much at once, whereas mm. perhaps the best coaches do it gradually and still manage to maintain a certain level. But I think the drop-off in Liverpool has been so massive this season. I don't think anyone can disagree with that, whether you're a Liverpool fan or not. Um, it's just about, like you say, Rob, they might need to spend two, three hundred million on three players in midfield just to get that energy back because that's where it comes from. You know, obviously they, they do up front as well. They really press up front, but the, the midfielders are engines that go back to front 
You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I look, I know Liverpool fans don't watch our show for obvious reasons. But I'm sure there might be one or two, but I've always asked this question. And I want to keep asking it. Why have they not developed Trent Alexander-Arnold as a midfielder? Because that mm-hmm. was what he was always going to be. He was always going to be the next Stevie G, the guy that could have this incredible palette of passing from the, from the middle of the park, create stuff, help the team in front, good engine. And then you take away some of the deficiencies of getting run by a fullback or getting run by a wide player, because that is still his weakness, isn't it, at right back? Why is Jurgen Klopp not going to bought himself a right back in that time that can do that job? Now, maybe Simicast could go from left to right and become that player one day, but that's a little bit iffy, isn't it? Robertson's had a little bit of a fall off on that side, on the opposite side this season, and we know why that is as well. He's had a couple of knocks. But you, you look at these things, that could be the way you solve this, is that you put you put Trent into that position. Klopp doesn't look like he's going to do that anytime soon. So this is why I think you have to ask the question of the manager, because another manager might. Another manager might go to Liverpool and say, no, Trent's my guy, and that costs us a big, fat zero. And we're going to have to buy a fullback, of course. But he's the guy that's going to run on midfield. What do you think about Scott? that, Scott? Because Trent, for me, was always, as a kid, was always going to become the, yeah, best midfielder, the best midfielder in the Premier League. And he still stuck out playing right back and getting skinned. And people moan at him now. And he can't even get in the England team at right back. So it's kind of like mad because he's probably the most naturally talented footballer at the football club. And yet it's kind of now got bypassed. I'd love him at Man United, wouldn't you? And I would play him in midfield. I'd be like, yeah, let's develop <laughs> this guy because he's a midfielder at heart. He's not a right back at heart. He really isn't. Yeah, he can cross the ball really well, but, you know, that runs out eventually, doesn't it? Crosses can win you games, but you can also get run by fullbacks and that can lose you games just as quickly. So I think there's bigger questions at Liverpool, you see, and this is why I think maybe they don't get fixed until they sell Salah. I think if you lose Salah next year, and that is, would be a big transfer fee. And say he goes to, you know, one of the big Spanish giants or similar PSG potentially as well. Manchester City, if they're rebuilding, who knows? You could see these kind of dynamic transfers then reboot you. And you, you, know, you then find a way to healing, to finding a better team, to going out and buying footballers. And I think Liverpool, that's Liverpool's big mandate here is that they need to now go out and buy some better footballers for some of these problem positions. Yeah, I mean, like, coming back to the midfield, I think the energy that they used to have in midfield was, and the intensity that they played as as a team underpinned everything. Hmm. And obviously, the fullbacks, Robertson and Trent, would have... So they would have a lot of energy, but they'd also have a lot of space, hmm. given how Liverpool played. So they'd work the space for them to, to put those crosses in. And once kind of the first card falls, like everything else does as well. I know Trent still has great ability and this kind of thing but you're right there's always been questions about his uh, defensive ability and it seems to be getting shown up more you can put players on a back post and like loft it in high to him will they United try and do that with Vout Veghorst for example or maybe Marcus Rashford you know over the weekend as well uh, but I agree I think he could end up being a midfielder um, and that, that might we all know that the ability that he has but I, I just really think that there's so much at Liverpool, it needs to fix. It, it's like it's down to the core. I don't, I don't think you can just buy three players and play the exact same way as you did before, mm. because I think teams will have also figured that out. You know, completely. And look, you, Klopp went and bought Thiago because he wanted some more intelligence in there. Yeah, but what he lost in there was all that work rate. So Thiago's mm. a good player, and Thiago 
you know, still does work to a, a decent level. But when you think at Liverpool at their very best, it was those two banks of three. It was that front three streaming forward, really getting high up the pitch. And then those three behind doing all the horrible, dirty work, getting the ball down and slipping it into those forward players on the counter press. Now, Thiago's got that pass in him. Does Thiago work in a counter pressing system? There was a reason why Bayern Munich let him go. You know, like he's a really good player and would fit so many teams. I'm not quite sure he fits the DNA of a Klopp team, but that's up to Klopp, isn't it? You've got to decide what you need in that middle of the park. They've still got Henderson in there now, and they mm-hmm. were supposed to move on from Henderson 12 months ago. Like that was James the idea. Milner as well, obviously. They've got Milner coming back into the team, and James Milner's like 48 years old. You know, like he can't run around anymore. So it's a strange set of circumstances. And yes, injuries do matter with those things, but. I think with Liverpool is that, and this is why I always say football's cyclical, because it only takes one really kind of iffy season where you've then got to go and do different stuff. You really have. You've got to kind of rip it up and almost start again. I think Man City are not that far away from that as well. Like when you look at them positionally, they have got big holes in their team through the defence, you know, through the midfield. And they're still trying to think about Haaland and how do we feed this guy and get the ball to him so he scores loads of goals every week. And it doesn't work. You know, they bought Julian Alvarez. Julian Alvarez was at Man United, Scott. He would be a starter. He would be playing every game every week. Mm-hmm. At, at City, he's a water boy. You know, it's like, well, do you play him this week? Do you play Foden this week? Foden hasn't played much. You know, De Bruyne's your guy, but De Bruyne's not giving you maybe the same production as he has in previous seasons. Jack Grealish, a £100 million substitute. All these things are not great for them. So I think these two football clubs, it's almost perfect for us because this is the time if we can carry on building it, have a really good summer with building with transfers. No doubt as well, we will talk a lot about transfers in the weeks ahead because stuff is starting to bubble under the surface. That United can kind of maybe make several jumps in one stride where we always just thought, yeah, just one step, please, at a time. And we're happy with that. We've got a League Cup now. Now you've got to do it in the Premier League. The Premier League is your bread and butter. You have to win Premier League games every single week yes indeed united play liverpool at anfield how do they win rob let's let's talk about this because Hmm. i i think united will find a way personally given the traits and the characteristics of the team and the three players casemiro uh and leecher i think they are talking about underpinning everything i think that is the base yeah. that United uh, build off. And I think there's a lot of real experience in there. There's a lot of tenacity in there. Casemiro's ball playing and passing from the base of the midfield is also worlds apart from anything else United can offer in there. They have yeah. even Fred, who's playing with energy at the moment. And it's funny how you, you look at United and Liverpool's midfields. If you'd said this last season, all right, Casemiro is a new signing, but if you just said Fred and Bruno in the midfield against Liverpool's midfield, you'd fancy them to overrun them. That would have been blasphemy. Yeah. <laughs> a year ago, you know? Totally. But how, how, do they, how do they do it then? Well, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to make sure that Gakpo and Nunes do not have their first special day at Anfield. Now, I know they've already scored some goals, but they're still waiting for that moment, you know, that moment where they've arrived in adverted commas. 
Salah, you know what Salah does. So, yeah, of course, you've got to stop Salah, haven't you? And I think if Luke Shaw plays, Luke Shaw knows all about Salah on that side. And, of course, as you said, you've got the butcher on that side as well as the central defence. So I think you've got that covered. But it's important to make sure that those front three don't have their first really nice day of the season. Because I think this is the problem, is that they can score goals, they can hurt you, but you've got to defend well at Anfield. That's the first given. But then I always say as well, is the midfield battle is key. Yeah, and Liverpool used to play with that three that pressed up high with the two with the two banks of three, and there'd be six of them pushing forward. It's almost like a four-six system. People go, oh no, it's not that, but it's kind of that four-three-three together. United are gonna play that four one five. I've been getting stick for that. People saying it's not four one five. It is four one five, is a number six behind a five that go hunting together. And every week, those five have a different agenda. They look where the pack is and what they've got to do. They set the traps normally on the left-hand side, but it can be the right-hand side, sometimes through the middle. They set those traps and they do not work. If they can set the traps at Anfield, Scott, and expose Liverpool's midfield and the likes of Henderson and, and those players who, you know, the less talented footballers in that team, you can go and win this game on the counter-press. You really can, because as good as Van Dyke has been in the past, and I know he scored the other day, Van Dyke is now a weakness in their team. Getting older a little bit, maybe those injuries have kind of caught up with him over many, many seasons because he's had serious injuries in the past. And if I'm betting now, like again, like you know, just said a year ago about looking at the midfields, if a year ago you'd said, hmm, Marcus against Van Dyke, you'd have gone, probably fancy Van Dyke just to look after him all day long, put him in his pocket. And deal with Marcus. Ah, 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 not anymore. Marcus can run that guy. And I think if you run Van Dyke in the channel on the counter press, you can get in behind Liverpool pretty easily, like really easily. Robertson as well, you see, I think he's lost confidence on that side. You know, kind of before he was really so astute defensively and brilliant going forward. Great two-way defender. Now I think you can get in that channel and hurt them. So you say, how do you win the game, Scott? You win the game by making sure that Rashford gets the service he deserves. Let's talk about one other guy quickly as well, because you did mention him at the top of the show, and I know I mention him every week. Big Val up top. Val, Val, become... Val the workhorse. Val workhorse. <laughs> Val, yeah, 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 yeah. Van Nistel horse. Someone called yeah. him the other day. Um, I, yes. I was at Old Trafford for the Barca game and somebody was wearing a goat horse shirt <laughs> well look the thing is and this is the whole point about what you do in football you're a you're a team of 11 people that's what you are and you're only as good as the sum of your parts in each position and we saw against West Ham what happened is that you ended up flipping it round, and Vegas again ended up as a 10 for times dropping deeper played the nine as well you need forwards that can do these things so I think he's an automatic starter at Anfield just because he leads the press he leads it well. He might not be the guy that gets you the goal, but you're seeing he's getting assists. He's affecting the play. Look how he helped Fred for the third goal the other night. That's, again, his work rate in the 92nd minute. Like These are things we're not being used to, Scott. Players running around to the last breath. That's what he gives you. And I think he starts at Anfield for that reason. So if he has a good game at the top end and can press Van Dyke and press the centre-backs... Liverpool got problems, haven't they? They can't cope with that at the moment. And that then will open the door for the more creative players United. For the Rashfords, I think Anthony starts. I think Bruno will be the 10. You can kind of pick these things now, can't you? And then, of course, you've got Sancho on the bench, probably a Garnacho on the bench. That's a lot of attacking firepower to exploit this Liverpool defence that's become brittle over the season. 
Yeah, so you're feeling confident then, Rob. And United I feel, should be as well. I feel zen. I feel I feel mm. relaxed. I feel relaxed because I think United have that self-belief and that self-identity and, and, and the self-esteem to go to Anfield and do what they're doing. I'm not going to be so stupid and say, yeah, we're going to definitely win. That's just madness. You can always lose at Anfield. And as I said, Fergie's days, I can remember going there and like we'd be top of the league, Liverpool be seventh, there'd be 25 points behind us and they would spank us and it would be horrible because you've just lost to your biggest rivals in football. So it, anything can happen in this game. That's the beauty of it. And I think Klopp will be banking on that. Klopp will be hoping that his team turn up. But I do think Man United do the right things, the counter-press, all the work rate, keep the ball effectively. Like this is always, I think, the question for United now. Against West Ham, they kept the ball a lot better, didn't they, Scott, in that second half? First half, a little bit iffy. Go to Anfield, look after the ball, be economical, do your press, do all your good work, win the game, or at the very, very least, get a point. I think those two scenarios are fine for United. As long as you don't lose this game and give Liverpool maybe that extra momentum that they don't deserve at the moment, you've got to take the season away from them. I said to you off camera, is this United's opportunity to end Liverpool's season? That one big sucker punch in the face for Jurgen Klopp. I think it is. If you beat them, that takes a hell of a lot of wind out of their sails. And I think that's probably where Liverpool deserve to be. They've not played well this season and they are about maybe the fifth or sixth or seventh best team in the league. I think United need to start well as well. This is something that we've not seen them really do. Especially like over the past, like Newcastle were were on top until United scored in the in the League Cup final. I think they need to bring an intensity from the start, right? They can't really afford to give Liverpool a bit of wind and a bit of a bit of wind in their sails from the very beginning, because you know how Anfield can get on top of you. I agree with that, but I think what's more important is you keep it nil-nil in the first 30 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. so go there and don't allow them to be the best versions of themselves. If you've got to go there and spoil and foul and let some of the dark arts take over in the first 30 minutes because Liverpool are coming out swinging and punch, get looking for a puncher's chance, looking for the opening goal, then you have to be the ones that stop that, calm it down. And if you're not playing your best football, if you're still level going, say, into the break at half time, jobs are good and that's what you're supposed to do. Then you can. Then the game becomes 45 minutes. That's the whole game. It's nil-nil. So to me, that's the most important thing. I'd love United to go there and score early. That would be great. But in some ways, that might be a little bit kind of moth to a flame type thing with Liverpool. Like mm-hmm. if you if you get a goal in the first two minutes, you're giving them 88 minutes to sort themselves out. So I want just some calmness. I want United to be good on the ball. I want them to be good in the counter press. I want them to try and punish Liverpool in the areas where they're weak. But don't allow Liverpool to score. Don't let Gakpo to get that goal. Don't let Nunes get that goal. Don't let Firmino, if he's there, get that goal. Don't let Jota get that goal and stop Salah. It sounds like a big task, but I think it's an easier task now than it has been in previous seasons when United have gone there. You've got a better defensive unit. And, and we've just got to make sure that you've got, if you've got Varane, Casemiro and Licha there, and they're your three... I think you can cope with it. I think you can. Hopefully, Luke Shaw will be ready. We're not 100% sure yet on that because obviously he's been out. He has had a knock, uh, but we think he will be there. You want your strongest 11 out there. I think if you do that and you can feed that, you've got a system now that should work really well against Liverpool's system. Let us know in the comments and on Twitter as well what you think will happen this Sunday. Uh, Plenty of reasons to be confident for United fans, obviously. Uh, like I say, yeah, leave a comment for us. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. Uh, like the video as well. Uh, any final thoughts, Rob, before I wrap? 
No, just good times, isn't it? Like, I think, again, the West Ham game, you know, you keep saying it, don't you? It's like last year, we'd have lost that game, probably, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It sounds boring, so we'll try not to keep saying it. But I think you go to Liverpool with just a, a, a sense of optimism that is truly being earned. You know, this is not pie-in-the-sky football. Manchester United have shown that in the kind of annals of, of English football this season, that we are probably the second stroke, third best team in the league. I don't want to remove Man City out of that because Man City, I think, are fixing themselves and they probably could fix themselves, but they're still going for a title, of course. City might be the team that win the title this year, Scott, and we might be going, they're finished. Like, they might win it this year. It's a bit like when Man United won it with Van Persie. You weren't going, oh, they're going to go on and win multiple titles. You were going, well, that was a good one. They've won that and that's that. I think we could be saying about City, but I think with United and Liverpool... Liverpool have got a long, a longer way back than than City have to get to their top form. Let's just make sure it's not against us. A nil-nil draw, Scott. I'd be perfectly happy with that game. With that, take a nil-nil draw at Anfield always every day of the week. But I also do think that you can go there and completely, absolutely, horrendously end Liverpool's season for them and make them go away and think about what they are as a football club now. Do you know what, Rob? I'm going to be disappointed if we don't win. That's the that's the spirit. That's the spirit. Like we, we want to win every game, didn't we? Like we did that about Barcelona. You know, you go to the Camp Nou and you go, well, we want to knock this lot out now. Mm-hmm. Like we, we they're the top team in Spain, but we think we're better than them, and we come out and we've knocked them out. So that's got to be the the energy now. And I think Ten Hag gives that, doesn't he? Ten Hag gives that to his team and says, right, any game now you can win because that was not there previously, and that has been bought into by the players. So you know, good luck to the lads. Huge game. Go out there, play your best game. And I think that's got to be it now. Come away from Anfield, at least showing that um, that you're ahead of Liverpool for the right reasons, that people can't say to you it's a fluke or it's a one-off or a kind of small period of time. Go there and show them why you are what you are. And then in the summer, go and buy Frankie de Jong. We'll talk about Frankie de Jong in a future show, I'm sure. We will. You know where we stand on Frankie de Jong if you've been listening for any amount of time. Uh, and we've said the, um, an amount of times that Casemiro, Frankie de Jong midfield is probably going to be the very best option for United moving forward. But yes, uh, we'll be back after the Liverpool game next week to dissect it and to discuss it. United, do they play Real Betis then next week? I think it is mm. in, uh, in the Europa League. Tough game. Tough game, but they keep coming thick and fast. But if United can get through this one, I think they play a home game against Southampton. Then they have Newcastle away in the league and the way that that's going at the moment. If they take this win, I mean, it doesn't get harder than this. I think this is the hardest game. Obviously, United might get to finals and into like last stage of competitions. But as it stands, I think this might be United's most difficult game left this season. They go to Spurs as well. But yes, we'll be back to talk about it next week. Uh, so head over to the YouTube channel for us. Uh, like, subscribe, join the community leave a comment and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at promise and MU for the show. Thank you very much, Rob, for another show. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back and hopefully we'll be talking about a United win at Anfield. We'll see you soon, everyone. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.